Breezeway is all about uncovering initiatives that are forever changing the guest experience. Breezeway's best-in-class property operations and messaging platform helps do just that by helping operators differentiate their brand and deliver more service to their clients. Breezeway's smart messaging tools makes it easy to send welcome messages, resolve in-house issues, share status updates, and offer stay extensions and other services. Powering operations with messaging also enables automated texts to notify guests when a property is ready for check-in, along with assigning work orders to your staff to second guests message in with a request. Combine the power of your operations with client communications and visit breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. That's breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome to another episode of the Guest X Podcast. This is two weeks in a row. My co-host Brian Hamawi and I are doing this late on a Sunday night. We, we cannot make this a habit. This is not good. No, it's not good. I, uh, you know, I commend you for going into the office, starting up the roadcaster, and uh, still being married. Um, <laughs> we think. We think. We haven't gotten home yet, so we'll see. If you're, if you're sleeping on the couch tonight, Michelle, it's not his fault. Uh, uh, it's, it's my fault. I'll just I'll take the blame right now. It's, it's, thank you. Thank you. That's very brave of you from all the way over in Orlando <laughs> where she can't reach you. Um, I no. have a spare room if you need a place to stay where I'm more than happy to host you. Thank you. Thank you. Um before we get into this week's episode, though, I, I would say this week we actually have a good excuse because we have we have been busy, and I don't want to yeah I don't want to put a downer on tonight's show because I think tonight's show is gonna it's gonna be really some really cool topics, and um, I've got a lot of a lot of respect and admiration for our guest tonight. But you know, over the past week, uh, a number of the podcasts at Hospitality FM. And a lot of people in the industry have been working a lot of extra hours outside of their typical day jobs, trying to raise money for the Ukrainian humanitarian crisis. And I, I think the week just really got away from from you and I between our our normal jobs and everything, especially you and Will and everybody. What you guys have been doing, but it's it's pretty incredible, Brian. I um, this last week's been. You know, it, it's been pretty cool uh, in the grand scheme of things. I've um, been working with you and Will and Tom uh, Kenyon to put together this platform really um, and, and try to rally up the troops because, that, you know, for, for a cause. Uh, and I think it's something that is, has been needed inside of the industry. I think Airbnb does such a phenomenal job of being able to raise awareness, raise funds and, and give back to communities. But as we looked at the platform, uh, you know, Airbnb does it with Airbnb and Airbnb hosts. One thing that was, has been lacking uh, since I can remember is us as a community all together. 
And I think that that's really the message behind rentalstorescue.com is this platform is put together by a few individuals inside of the industry. Uh, it's not about us at all. So it's, it, it serves its purpose to be agnostic, uh, but on behalf of our community in general. So whether you're a property manager, a pool contractor, a cleaner, it doesn't matter. It, it's just a, a way for us to be able to support things that happen in the world. And I think the war in the Ukraine is the beginning of something that's going to be really, really good for our industry um, when it comes to uh, giving back. Very cool. And what, eleven, twelve thousand dollars already in the first five days. Um, it's just been, yeah. it's been really cool to witness and be a part of. And I think to your point earlier, I think it's, it's just the start of something something really great and a great outreach by our industry, which is really a tight knit community. I mean, there are certainly, you know, there's people with strong opinions on certain subjects, but generally speaking of the industries I've had the opportunity to be a part of, it is, it is a very close knit community and, and it, it circles the wagons really well when it needs to, whether that's weather events like hurricanes and fires and things like that, or, or here, you know, national events, uh, worldwide events, excuse me, um, with the, with the war, but I, I just, yeah, really cool. I am totally blown away. I, I took a step back yesterday. I think we hit 8,000 or $9,000 raised and, um, you know, it's, it's $8,000. It's yeah. a lot of money to a lot of people. And the fact that we were able to do that in a few days spoke volumes of <clears throat> some of the people in, in our industry. And, you know, I think one thing I do want to say is I don't, the monetary side of it's really cool. Uh, I, I appreciate the donations equally though. I, I think getting the word out and just sharing. So if you can donate a dollar, $5, $20, $2,000, or just share, share the link with your family and friends and, and your coworkers, equally as valuable for us. Awesome. Well, let's, we are going to, and I know you're trying to rally a bunch of our fellow podcasters to maybe do a couple of cool events around rentals to rescue. But in the meantime, we are going to, we're going to take this week, get, get back to a little bit of, of guest experience. And so why don't you uh, let our listeners today a little, give them a little bit of background on today's guest. Today's guest. Today's guest is really cool. Um, I, I have the pleasure of, um, I've worked with him for a few years now. Um, he is pivotal in uh, um, the development of a lot of the product that's happened in our industry. Um, some of the large, you know, our, our most significant marketing and uh, product development has come from the designs of this gentleman. So Tom Kenyon is joining us on today's program. Tom has been in our industry since 2001. Uh, he served the luxury and real estate as well as the travel market through his uh, marketing agency. He also joined uh, Blue Tab Technologies as a VP of product about 10 years ago and is now the acting product experience um, lead for Inhabit IQ's uh, vacation brands division. So I call him TK. Welcome to the show. Uh, yes. Yeah, we do use the initials, but we somehow Brian, I don't know how Brian got away from that. So you're not known as BH and I have no idea how you got in now the company only known as B or not you know, known as BH. It's actually pretty funny because Tom used to say, well, I think it was directly in front of me and I passed to him from the, from the back. So it was me, 
it was three cubicles basically we had Braden, then it was me in the middle and then we had tom and i just poked tom and i'd be like tom let's do this let's do that let's let's get some products up and running and tom had a million products up in the air but i'm actually really excited to have you on the on the show today, Tom, because your experience uh, with some of the developments that you've done, some of the design work and product work that you've done has really improved our industry a hell of a lot. Um, I think a lot of us take for granted how much influence Blue Tent and some of the products that came out of that company had on the professional managers and the direction that we took. And a lot of it came from your ideations and your, your, your work. So to get started though, I think it's really uh, important for our guests to really tell us what their thoughts are behind guest experience. In, in define guest experience. Well, you could give me a little heads up on that, you know, call. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, when I think of guest experience, I think of every single interaction a guest has with your company or your product or your service. Uh, and in the destination that you have helped deliver to them. So I think it's, when you're talking about a guest experience, people might think about the moment they, they check in until they check out. But I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of when they might hit your website, uh, when they start interacting with the tools on your website, uh, some of the vacation planning tools on your website. Can they, you know, easily compare properties? Do they have confidence in what they're, they're doing that they feel it's a, a, a professional business. It's a business that'll be there if something goes wrong. Um, all these little interactions that take place, the moment that customer comes into your ecosystem, to me is guest experience at a, at a, at a much higher level. Um, when it comes to the actual, obviously the, the, the actual vacation, um, there's obviously much more tangible moments where guest experience comes into play that we're all much more familiar with, but I look at it from a standpoint of, it takes place immediately the, the, the moment the customer starts interacting with your brand. And, and you said it right there at the end, I think TK with ultimately then it, it, it really is guest experience is brand and brand yep. is guest experience because it is now so holistic from the time you first land on, to your point, land on someone's website, right? Till the time you begin thinking about where you might want to go vacation again, if that's all guest experience, then effectively guest experience is the brand. The vacation rental industry is interesting when you talk about brand, because you know, I remember when I first got in this industry, you know, having come from restaurants I would hear people talk about brand and, and my initial reaction was, well, you really don't have a brand, but, but then I came to realize they, they have, they actually have a really strong brand. Most of the ones I'd been talking to, but it was to that for, for everyone who came to that market, that destination. And, and that was a regular stop for their vacations. They knew XYZ brand. Um, and, and coming from restaurants, when you thought brand, you thought McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, the, the large national brands. Where do you think we are now, fast forward to today, where we do have some lo really large national players? We've got some national players that aren't 
as big, right? So you could start at the top with like Vacasa, but you've also got V trips, you've got natural retreats, you've got. So we're starting to see more brands that are national. But where do you think we are as an industry with branding and our operators as compared to maybe, say, hotels or other types of lodging? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of maturing over the the last, I've seen it over the last 10 years in particular, but it's really accelerated since there's been such a growing competition, right? I think we've, in this industry, we've been in a state where we've had uh, consistent repeat business almost generation after generation. We've had um, very limited inventory, limited competition. Uh, a lot of the business world, like especially in the hospitality space, was really putting their attention on hotels. And they weren't looking towards vacation rentals. And, and you know, we saw the transition. We saw Airbnb go from a, a puffy cloud logo uh, to defining what Airbnb means today. And they invested tremendously in their brand. Uh, and then Verbo was uh, quick to react the, the best they could on, on their brand and so forth. So um, we've seen a maturity really starting to accelerate. And, and one of the main reasons for this is brand really is how you, how you compete for guests, how you increase your margins. You know, in an industry where it, if you're not really investing in your brand, you're really just hoping you have the scale of inventory, you have the efficiencies in other places to, to continue to thrive for leaner margins. But you see brands like the large brands investing heavily uh, in their own in their own story. And you see smaller brands starting to understand that plays a major role in them getting that lifetime guest, getting that return guest, uh, because it's not going to be inventory and pricing. Inventory and pricing, you know, especially if your guests are booking the first time on global channels, if you don't have a strong brand, you don't have really have a seat at the table at that moment in time, you know? So if it's about inventory and price, um, you're not going to get repeat customers unless you just happen to have that availability and that price at that time. And so hmm. investing in your brand allows people to have those repeat guests, have that lifelong guest uh, connection. So, you know, no matter how that first booking comes through, we see a lot more companies understanding that they can no longer rely on the fact that we're going to, you know, that family is going to book with us every single year, you know? We see generations handing the keys to the younger generation to facilitate booking. We see people, you know, having more and more options to do their bookings. And, you know, that that's one of the things I've seen. A lot of people who are investing in brand are doing it for a couple of reasons. One, they want that guest coming back again and again. Uh, they might be looking to grow their business and they know brand is going to help with acquisition of, of owners. It, their brand could also play a significant role in, in, in investors. And so you see a lot of people investing in brands who never really did before. Uh, and, they, and it's because every single person over the last you know 20 years that I've worked with to develop a brand, it's because they've had their eye on growing their business and not just executing their business. And that's probably been the biggest differentiator for me that I've seen over the years. At what point should people really start thinking about building a brand? Because it is an extremely expensive exercise. And, you know, I, I think I was at Blue Tent when this happened, but um, 
I traveled to Europe. I did uh, one of the conferences out there and the gentleman stood up in the audience and I was talking about brands and I was talking about website and website development. And uh, the guy got up and he said, I'm a property manager. I have 300 units. I don't have a website. All my bookings go through Airbnb and I'll never need a website. It's useless. Nobody understands right. brand. Nobody recognizes my brand. And I don't care if they come back through my door because Airbnb is supplying me with all my guests. So my question to you becomes, how important is it to invest in your brand, um, whether you have five units or 200 units in the, the type of ecosystem that we have? Because it, it actually made me pause um, to respond to this because it was such a Airbnb and Verbo could be your only two platforms driving traffic to you. Do you really, in order to be successful, do you really need to build a brand outside of that? Yeah, it's an interesting evolution that's taken place. And I've, I've heard that before, too. I've heard some people at conferences say it, it, it's a waste. You know, we're, we're in this inventory business and we're not in a brand uh, business requiring. But, you know, I would challenge someone like that and say, well, you do have a brand. It's your host profile. It's not a traditional Nike swoosh logo. You have limitations on your brand, but you absolutely have a brand. Um, you're limited to the characters on Airbnb's profile page, but you're also, you know, every time someone goes to Airbnb, you know, you're you're dealing with the margins that are set forth. You you're limited in the your options to grow your margins. You're limited in your ability to uh, increase guest loyalty, and guest loyalty obviously. Getting repeat guests is a lot less expensive than getting, you know, constant flow of new bookings. So you're going to increase your margins. You have opportunities for upsell, cross-sell. You get to know that customer. You get to target them. You get to bypass global channels when you get that guest loyalty uh, and have a significant jump in your, um, uh, obviously, your margins. And, of course, you have other benefits of brand, your employees, your owners your market. And those things are the things that are really critical as well, because obviously we want to you know, talk about guest experience, but in a strange way, owner experience really kind of ties into it as well. Because when you're acquiring owners and you're retaining owners, they look at you through the lens of a guest. What's my property going to look like? How do I stand out? How are they going to take care of me? And so they're kind of, in a sense, empathizing with guests. So you know, it, for some brand, for some companies, that's the way they want to operate. They want Airbnb to do all the, the work for them. They'll put the inventory up there, but they're always going to have that limitation of growing a real stable business, so to speak, because Airbnb can change the rules. You know, the margins can get tighter, rate parity, all sorts of things can start to really squeeze you and you're, you no longer have a business to, you know, to operate your own product and service in your own way. Tom, do you think that the recent, what Marriott Homes and Villas is doing mm -hmm. is a change from, I talked to someone the other day and they said, well, it's just another Airbnb, it's just another channel. But it feels a little different in that they've already got this big brand and they're attaching it then to these operators with requirements in order mm -hmm. to be in order to be a part of it. 
is it different? Are we seeing, is there a shift where maybe there's this soft brand that these operators are going to be a part of or align themselves with in, in, in a way that is different than the OTAs? Or do you think that this is kind of a one-off that there's not a lot of groups other than Marriott who could really pull this off. What, what are we looking at there? Cause I do think it's impacting brand once again, a little bit. Yeah. I think Marriott, obviously they have the standards because they have to retain their brand and they want those brand standards. And so it's definitely a play for them to, to get into the space that has a lot of growth, you know, and, and, and helps them grow their business and helps, obviously with their loyalty programs and so forth. Um, but it's a really interesting piece because you have Marriott, you know, you have the brand and all of the expectations that come with the Marriott. How much of that can they deliver within this fractured operator ecosystem, even with the standards? But I think that's something that is, is a really fascinating thing because customers go in there, you know, that they would be, you know, I'm, I'm a Marriott traveler. This is this is who I am. This is my story, and that's what brands are essentially. They're stories, right? And when someone goes there, they're not thinking of the operator. Of course, that's we all know operationally what's happening, but in their mind, they're going to to a Marriott vacation rental. In their mind, you know, it, it's their expectation, their experience, and who they are. It's who they are as a traveler. They're a Marriott traveler, and they've invested maybe in the, the loyalty program heavily, or you know want to get in the benefits of that. And you, you've seen Airbnb doing that before, of course, with, uh, I, I think it was initially called Lux and might have gone to Beyond. I can't remember the exact sequence there when they acquired, uh, was it Luxury Retreats? Um, yeah. And, you know, you've seen, in, you know, Inspirato and these other, you know, you've seen lots of brands. Um, I've worked with those folks in the past and um, some other luxury brands who have had that kind of, you know, controlled inventory or inventory type. So th that kind of brand partnership, if you will, you know, when you're talking about uh, a property manager who's, who's got properties that meet the standard of Airbnb beyond or meet the standard of Marriott, um, you know, that definitely plays a role in bringing people to you. And if you have the brand to facilitate, not facilitate that guest relationship and not just the inventory to facilitate that guest relationship, meaning when they book with Marriott, but they come on property and they see your brand and it captures the essence of the destination. And you have, you know, the signage on the property, you have the you know, slight sophisticated touches of a hotelification of, you know, your, your brand on, you know, mugs and maybe some, you know, a, a sticker, uh, for example, one of the, one of the things I always tell people not to get too sidetracked is when I'm working on a brand with them is, Will somebody go back to Chicago, go back to LA or Charleston or wherever they go back to, will they put a sticker of your logo on their SUV, on their Tesla, right? Because their vehicle is their, their canvas, so to speak, of their story, of who they are. And are they going to come home and put that there? And if it, you know, that's, that tends to be the way, like, can your brand travel? Because you can't be there all the time to tell people why you're different, why you're better, why you meet these standards. And that's one of the things I always go through with people is at the conclusion of this process, someone's going to want that sticker. They're going to want that tote bag with your, your, your logo printed on it. They're going to want to sneak a mug off the property with your logo 
because it reminds them of the trip and the destination and you've captured that essence there. And, and it's very similar to like, you know, the Marriott's and the luxury brands, you know, they're trying to, to kind of evoke that same kind of quality and you're trying to evoke the destination quality, which is the thing that the Marriott's and the Airbnbs can't do. And that's probably one of the biggest unique aspects of property managers is they have the ability to really build their brand around destination and not have to be so regional, so global, so national that they, they forego what's the most emotional and most impactful aspect of travel, of course. But uh, I definitely see, you know, professional managers finding those brands that their inventory meets the standards and those, you know, and, and then, of course, pairing themselves with those and, and, and how they leverage that is going to be probably the biggest differentiator. Are they letting everyone know their owners and their guests that they're Marriott approved or seeing value from that? It's a, it's a very interesting ecosystem of Marriott. I think so too. I think it's a very challenging ecosystem because with the world of Marriott, you know, can you, do you dilute your brand or do you, do you just get rid of your brand when a guest walks through that door? And then as soon as the guest checks out, do you repurpose your brand almost uh, for the next guest that's coming in? And it is such a, and, and, and you know, when you start to think about it, it goes down to the messaging. Like how do you control you know, one thing is to control the inventory and the quality of the inventory, but the messaging, you know, a guest gets a reservation through Marriott. To what extent do property managers need to start messaging as Marriott? How far do you take that inside of the home? Can you present your TVs with Marriott brands? And then as soon as they check out, it switches over to X, Y, and Z brand. Um, you know, because I, I hope not. <laughs> ultimately, is what Marriott needs to do, right? To be able to control the quality of the home and the messaging to the guest. Otherwise, you start having confused brands. That's that. That's definitely on Marriott side, and Airbnb side, and and Verbo, and anyone looking to create a strong brand with inventory they don't control and the the guest experience they don't control. They have some some digital experiences they control, some expectations that are uh, to be met. Um, what's really interesting about what you, what you were touching upon is we all see this in our, our daily lives. Uh, we might gloss over it, but you don't walk into, you, know, uh, you, you can walk into some stores and every product in that store is theirs, right? But you walk into other stores and they have, their brand is about bringing in products that are great. Right, you've been in these stores where you walk in and you you feel like, man, the people who run this shop get the best stuff, right? And you love all those little brands within there. And I think that's probably a, a better comparison because Marriott's gone out there and said, look, these are the best properties, the best managers, the best support service. We brought them all together. You're gonna be a, you're you're never gonna find a bad vacation rental when you use our brand, that would, that would be my advice to Marriott. That's their pitch. And you're going to love these local brands. When you go to Marriott, you're going to get everything that Marriott is, but you're going to get this local person and this local brand. And you're going to walk in and you're going to be amazed and you're going to love Marriott for bringing you to you two together. And then of course, <laughs> where I come in is I say, okay, yeah, now let's, let's, let's work on making that customer always want to go to that shop and always find your product in the shelf, right? Because 
that's the product that is special to them. And so it's, it's absolutely critical. I think that's to your very first point, Matt, you know, the evolution, when you're getting bookings from other sources, it's more important than ever to have that brand experience start from the moment that customer makes that booking and knows you're the one facilitating this. You're the one who's bringing the destination, the memories, really enhancing everything, providing that confidence, that wonderful, easy transaction that the global entity brought you. Great. You know, it's great. You had by our confidence in that regard, but um, it's, it's a product on a shelf and we all, we all experience it every day. It's a fascinating brand. And there's the brand is a big topic, but what is brand? So is it a logo? Is it the way you talk about your company? Is it the way you present your home? What is, what is brand? When a property manager hears Tom talk about their brand, uh, where do they begin with the brand? Yeah, I'd say brand is story. It's your story, right? And, you know, what makes a brand successful is when everyone's telling the same story, right? If you imagine it as the owners have crafted the story and your employees, if you asked each one of them, they would recite the same story. Your guests who have stayed with you would say the same story. Your, your owners. And so brand really is that kind of unifying story that you're trying to tell and you're trying to tell it consistently every single time. And so we kind of get caught up in a little bit of the tactical aspects of the brand, right? The logo. And the logo is a great place to start because it's the first place to fail, right? It's, if you haven't even done a logo, you don't have a story. You didn't give it that attention. um, And it shows, it shows that what am I supposed to think of you? You know, if I have, if I have five minutes with every CEO of every company, I get the great brand experience, but the CEO can't be around for a hundred people or 5,000 people or, you know, 10,000 people, right? So the brand has to do the job of that passionate storyteller for your company, no matter where that person interacts with it. And so logo, when we focus on logo, what we're really focusing on is, is that logo professional? Does it capture the essence of your product? And I don't mean when I say product, a house or a condo, of course, right? That's one of the big misconceptions we see is you're not selling homes. You're not selling condos. You're not selling villas. You're selling destination. And your logo needs to capture that destination. That's your unique value proposition. You have something that no one else does, so to speak. You can take, you're the one who helps facilitate this tremendous emotional positive experience that your customers are going to go through. And so the logo needs to capture that. It needs to be professional. It needs to be refined and executed at a very high level. And that all translates into your company. And then of course, when we talk about logo, if it's executed professionally, that means you can embroider it on linens on property. You can stamp it into some material for a sign for properties. You can have it on mugs printed. You can have it on employee uh, apparel. You can have it on takeaways for the guests like stickers and, and, and other gift items. Um, you can have it printed. You can have it stamped. And it's consistent every time. What I see as a major failure is when someone's logo doesn't facilitate that and no longer meets those, th- those criteria of that consistent storytelling. Now they just use the words over here. Over here, they didn't you know, really capture those destination colors because they don't really translate on that color or 
um, whatever the case is. So we, we folk, when we're focusing on the logo, we're focusing on, obviously it's a major anchor for the story, but it's also, also it, you know, it, when they're professionally done, like you said at the beginning, Brian, it's an expensive process. It's not a process of drawing a picture. Drawing a picture doesn't, you know, if I just drew a picture of a palm tree in a sunset, that's not good enough for a logo for a company in Maui, right? That's, everyone has a drawing of a palm tree in a sunset. I'm not going to go back to Colorado and tell people about this company and put a sticker on my car when it has just a crude, typical clip art drawing of a sunset and a palm tree. And so that story isn't powerful. That story isn't unique. I don't want to tell stories that aren't unique as a customer who's, who's experiencing your brand. So we do focus on logo because that is, that is one of the most fundamental places to start. But again, it comes down to so many bits and pieces, that consistent tagline, the, you know, the consistent standards of your logo. I've created some really cool logos over the years, but really the best part is when someone will send back something to me where they have, you know, done little etched glass on their office of their logo. And then they have that same kind of etched glass in a, you know, um, another location, or they'll have like a little item on a counter of a, uh, of one of the rentals. It's the exact same reproduction of that. And they have it embroidered in the towels. And then, you know, I've even driven through destinations and I've seen logos wrapped completely around vehicles, you know, following the brand standards. And it just says that company, you know, obviously cares. They have a huge presence. And those are the companies that are most successful. I can say consistently, you know, when brands executed, you see that company really starting to thrive, getting the owners, retaining the owners, and getting those customers to return time and time. It's fascinating. You're probably, uh, you know this topic really well. I mean, how many iterations of Explorey's uh, logos and, and branding have you guys gone through and invested in? Yeah, no, and it is interesting because... At Explory, we are about, for our partners, it, it's about promoting their brand, but doing so in a way that allows them to, through the Explory logo, perhaps also attract people who have had similar type experiences around the destinations and the local tours and attractions to then attach that same feeling that they may have had at the beach to a place in the mountains that they've never been to. And, and so it's an interesting position for Explory because we're trying to build a brand, but we very much see it as a soft brand that's trying to support the story of the brands we put out front. And, and to that point, I, I want to go back because I, I think, Thomas said a couple times about destination, right? And I've always contended that the destinations are what will protect, I think, vacation rentals from going the way of hotels with Expedia and being commoditized. It is very difficult to, to commoditize, one, products that are so unique, but also brands that can own a destination. And when you look at the powerful brands, I believe in this industry, they're not always the biggest. They're usually the ones though, who have owned the destination. 
And so bringing brand to guest experience, when I talk to property managers, I talk about what are you doing to really own this market? to provide a better experience in this market, to provide curated information about this market because the Airbnbs and the Expedias of the world, not only are they not going to ever take that from you, they can't. They, they yeah. just can't. They can't write code that does it. And, and, and I love, I had never heard the analogy, I it popped into my head Nordstrom's, right? But, it's a really interesting point that Tom makes when he was talking about how Marriott may end up being Marriott homes and villas, maybe where they don't try to hide the brand like Airbnb or Verbo, but rather say, no, no, come. And we know you're going to go back to some of these people direct next time. And that's fine. We're, we are comfortable in our own position as a brand to guide you to some really great local destination operators and with the understanding that you may next time book direct with them, in which case it will be very different than the verbos and the Airbnbs because it tr it's truly more of a partnership. If that's the direction it goes down and, and I don't know if it does. I think that the one unique thing about Marriott is their rewards program. And Tom, we have talked about this extensively, but Marriott, as opposed to Airbnb or, or Verbo, has a very strong loyal base of customers. And a lot of that has been done through their loyalty customer rewards programs. So even though the, the, those customers might want to book directly through that property management company, they'll go back to Marriott and do it through the rewards and their points to get back to that property manager, which is something that we haven't been able to achieve with an Airbnb or a VRBO uh, or any other brand. So I think that's one of the big differentiators between Marriott and everything else that we have in our ecosystem. It's a tough one because I think you're right. All these large global brands, they're hedging their bets. They, they have, you know, trip history or they have um, loyalty or they have their own brand that they've invested so heavily that people want to, you know, I, I think probably every property manager has some story where someone would call, you know, and say, I saw your property in Airbnb and the manager's like, yeah, you can save some money booking direct with me. Here's our site. I can take your booking right now. And they're like, oh, I'll think about it. And then they get the booking from Airbnb or something else <laughs> a few minutes later. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, we're all fighting for the booking, of course, but we're fighting for the guest. And, and, you know, if that's the choice they want to continue to make because they have, a, you know, a, a referral program or something that they're using points on or something along those lines, you're still providing that guest experience. They're still taking your brand back home with them. You're still getting referrals. You're still getting repeat business. Um, and, and of course with a brand like you, you said, Matt is you're going to own that destination. The second that person arrives where, however they booked is, is, is in the past, whether it was from your website or some other website, it's in the past. They are, you, you're now controlling every interaction with them. You're giving them your best local advice. You're giving them the best tools to enhance their vacation. You're making sure that every single moment that they're there for just those two weeks or whatever it might be is perfect because they haven't made a misstep because of your local 
your local knowledge, your experience, and the tools that you give them access to. So that's really guest experience, I think, in the next five years is making sure that you're executing on that because the industry didn't really have to execute on that before. You know, the industry didn't, and only guests who made an effort to talk to you, you know, at the, at the counter, so to speak, and get that valuable five minute conversation where I'm like, wow, you just saved me from going to that restaurant. Now I'm going to go to this one. You, you pointed me to the right way to get to the best beach access or whatever the, the case might be. Those incredibly valuable five minute conversations we now have to put those into process and guest experience and make sure that every single customer feels like they had that super valuable five minute experience with, with your, with your local knowledge. And when they take it back with them, they tell that story. And that's, that's kind of the sequence. We're all really hoping to evolve through technology, through just execution of best practices, making sure we're investing in our brand. What does that mean? It's not just a logo. It's just all those little pieces. Yeah. And it, I guess that kind of brings it full circle because as, as you started the podcast and if I could paraphrase, I think a little of what you said, which is we used to be operators and you can still be an operator today. If you just want to operate right. clean, maintain the homes, operate, you can't, but you need to understand it is going to be expensive and it's going to keep getting more and more expensive and the margins are going to get tighter and without the brand, without yeah. the brand around building a guest experience, you don't, you will, you will have nothing. You will, you, you will have nothing to fight against the commoditization of your product right. because ultimately you're just executing on other people's gas. And that's where I think that there's just some people who are uncomfortable because to Brian's point, it's really difficult, but I agree with you. I don't know that you really have much of an option unless you are going to just do it at massive scale to be the operator for these groups like Airbnb and Marriott Homes of Ill who don't want to operate. Um, and they don't, they, they have no, no interest right. and that's hard. Right. But if they can commoditize everybody else, um, they know where the money's at. The money, to your point, is is in the brand and lowering guest acquisition costs and things like that. So as we wrap up, Tom, what what would be your piece of advice, maybe a little bit as as Brian mentioned, but as, if I'm an operator, a property manager now sitting back and listening to this podcast, and I'm thinking, I've got to take some control here about the future of this company I'm building and in our destiny. And, and if they want to do that around brand, what's, what's that starting point for them? You know, the starting point is, I think it is kind of going outside that comfort zone and working with a local professional to review your existing brand and develop a brand because that process at the conclusion of that process, you're going to have that roadmap. You're going to have the tools. And then all you have to do is execute. And that's your wheelhouse, right? Like that's, you know how to execute. You know how to get, you know, people in the units. You know how to get them clean. You know how to have certain touch points where you have, you might want to, you know, embroider this or, uh, you know, vehicle graphics or whatever. But that the first step really is local graphic design professionals because they're going to be able to come in with an eye. They're not going to have that, that personal bias that you have. You know, we all have assumptions about our business. Everyone knows why I'm better. Everyone knows why I'm different. 
why would I need to invest kind of mentality? We, we, we're really flawed in that we can't really understand that that's not as uh, obvious as we might think it is. And so working with a local professional, it's a first step. Um, there's a wide variety of um, professionals. I've seen very small companies make that investment and in, in really grow in their market. Uh, because I think that's one thing, if you want to take away something from this podcast is this is one place where there's tremendous opportunity for your business. You mm. know, you're fighting with tooth and nail with everyone else, with owners and limited inventory and, and rate battles, right? You're trying to show off some of the tools you might have or some of the successes, but you all have the same tools. You all have a website. You all have the same software you can buy into. That's not where the differentiator is. So the brands or the, the companies, the property managers who invest in brand are going to stand out really quick in some of these markets uh, and they're going to reap the benefits of that. So reach out to a local professional. They're in every single market and you get to look at portfolios before you make that engagement. You get to really kind of, you know, have conversations with each of those brands to make sure um, before you pull trigger and, and they'll work within your budget. Design companies don't just say, oh, it's it's $10,000 just to talk to me. Design companies should be trained to say, well, what is your gross revenue today? This is the percentage of your gross revenue you should be spending on your marketing and we should go heavy in your branding. And, and you know, so there's, it's not going to be something where it's, you're going to be paying a huge fee. It's, it's more about the fact that you prioritize it and you invest in it. Great advice. It is great advice. I think I'm going to add something to it you have to feel good about that creative person that you're working with. Don't just go with a company that looks like they have the largest portfolio in town. You have to feel good about the people you're working with. And those will be the people that will perform for you. Yep. Got to find you know, a partner. You sound like damaged goods there, Brian. Some more stories. Uh, you end up spending a fortune. And then some of the people that really want the work and, and understand your, um, what you're trying to achieve and the product you're trying to put forward are the ones that can really do it for you. So not necessarily always the biggest brands. It's, it's a partnership. No, no question. Tom, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating show. I think some people at the end of this will be like, you guys didn't really get around to guest experience, but I would say we talked about the core of guest experience, which is, you know, starting as, as Tom liked to say, uh, with with that story and with that brand and that encapsulates the guest experience that you're going to be delivering as well so i thank you so much tom i, I thought it was really fascinating to hear your thoughts thanks, yeah, thanks for having me that's it for this week's episode of guest x be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com that's guest the letter x podcast.com and follow us on your favorite podcast app so you do not miss our next episode we are mr guest experience brian hamawi and matthew loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about <laughs>